And welcome to the June 30th, 2006 edition of the Relevant Podcast, the audio uh, companion to Relevant Magazine and Relevant Magazine. Dat cam. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss that. Wonderful time. You, you see, that can be how I stay a part of this, is just play that every time, you know? There you go. That can be arranged. Uh, today is a special uh, podcast for many reasons. Uh, in store is probably the best musical performance we've ever run, we've ever had here in the studio. It's Sarah Groves, and she's going to be performing a song from her new album. Also, we will be giving you the behind-the-scenes look at the new issue. And at the very end, we will have a montage with... Um, Sentimental music. Um, <laughs> and as, you had a bad day. Just come on down. As we say goodbye to Tyler Clark and wish them well. Uh, wish 21 him, Gun wish Salute. Well. That's what I want. Aimed right at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we're going to be mixing up the podcast. Actually, today's the first day of a new format. Not really. But um, we're removing something and adding it somewhere else. Uh, here at the beginning of the podcast, we always mention the entertainment releases that come out. We talk about movies that are coming out today and albums that come out on Tuesday. But we're gonna know we're not gonna do that any longer. What? Because most of you, and and rightfully so, listen to the podcast on on Monday, and uh, that's to be expected. And we hate the idea that the podcast is immediately. Um, out of date when you listen to it because the slices and the other shenanigans, you know, they're evergreen. They can live on. Uh, but the movies being really, you know, if you don't listen to it late Friday night, you're you're out of date. So If you're at the movies. Yeah. You'll yeah. miss it. Yeah. So what we're going to do is our new video slice of the day at relevantmagazine.com is blowing up. And we will give you your entertainment release information on on the video slice of the day. On Tuesdays and Fridays. Yeah, Tuesday we'll tell you what albums, notable albums are coming out that day. Yep. And Fridays we will tell you what notable films are coming out that day. As well as on Wednesdays when we premiere the new Relevant TV lineup, we'll do a special segment for that too. Which I did uh, this last Wednesday and wore a shirt with my name on it. That's right. Got some emails about I've, it. I've gotten some emails too. <laughs> What a nerd. Why would he wear a shirt and name on it? <laughs> That's what mine said, too. <laughs> Just kidding. When I was in high school, I, I had a shirt that had a... I found it in Goodwill. I did not make it or buy it, you know, for myself. But it had Thumper, like the rabbit from Bambi, and it said Tyler below it. That's I thought weird. it was so that lame weird. that I had to uh, buy it and wear <laughs> it to high school. I, it's amazing that I was a, you know, wasn't one, one of the cool kids with a shirt like that. Yeah, it's really baffling <laughs> up next is slices you're listening to hard fi that's hard dash fi the song is called Cash Machine, and it's playing right now over at Relevant TV. The song you heard at the beginning of the podcast is actually the featured video this week at Relevant TV. It's Keen. The song is Is It Any Wonder? It's a fantastic new video. The Very cool. The lead single off of their new album, which just came out. Under the Iron Sea. Yeah, that's right. Check it out. Um, it's good stuff. And now with Slices, here's Kara Davis. You too. You too. YouTube is now hosting an official NBC channel. Well, they'll, where, um, they'll be Can't offering... Them, join them, right? Yeah, teasers for their um, fall TV lineup and promos for shows like Tonight Show and The Office. And um, it, it, the NBC will be the first major content provider to link up with the site. Um, I guess there is a similar agreement between YouTube and E-Networks to promote a new online video channel called CyberSmack. But um, I guess now that they're partnering with uh, these networks, they're trying to really 
kind of buckled down on on enforcing copyright on on um, YouTube, which is seems to be a hard thing to do. It has seventy million viewers every day and thirty five thirty five thousand new videos uploaded every day. How many? Are you serious? It didn't even 000. exist like four months ago. Yeah. It sounds like it's already jumping the shark, though. Partnering mm-hmm. with some, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, now you can watch NBC commercials on there. I don't know. Right. As and, long as I noticed, sold out. and I noticed, uh, I was watching the Today Show this morning, and it seemed it seemed a little bit shady, but they had like a whole, like it had their anchors show tell their favorite video from YouTube <laughs> now that they're partnered with NBC. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yeah. And I was like, how lame is that? Like, it's the, their own, now that we are, you know, mm-hmm. now that we got ads on there, let's, uh... Let's have our favorite. And of course, they were really like the tame, lame. Don't you hate it when marketing people get involved? You know, like. um, But at least you know YouTube still has um, our our piano duels on it. Yeah, it does that and and Google Video. (laughs) (laughs) DuellikeRollman dot com. Hey, maybe maybe they'll make it to NBC now. Maybe it'll be one of the favorite videos. I know. Like like I said, the ones they picked weren't the really funny YouTube, like the grape squashing. (laughs) It, It it was the ones that we've all seen before. The Numa Numa. Star Wars kid, you know, and and That's NBC clips, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and then it, yeah, exactly. Have we talked about the uh, the grape squashing one before? <laughs> Not on the podcast. <laughs> I, I'm oh pretty boy. sure it's it's one of the more popular clips on the internet. It's on YouTube. If you if you, uh, it's very search. old. Yeah, it is old. Um, but basically, it the audio alone for it. <laughs> Is are you talking about the television anchor one? Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, it starts off as as a nice little human interest. There's like a wine tasting festival at this historic mansion, and she is squashing grapes in this bucket, and it's only about it's only like three and a half feet off the ground tops, you know. Oh no, dude, that's like uh, it's on a platform. Level. It wasn't that high. You can look it was two at feet. It. I, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was, was not it was, high. It was not high at all. That's that was the point. Like so, she she's in there stomping grapes. And she goes to step out of the bucket and slips. <laughs> like I said, this isn't like she's taking a fall off of a building. And Aww. she hits the ground and starts making the sound <laughs> of guttural of noises. Death. Yeah. It's the sound of death. It is. The, yeah, <laughs> it's like someone opened the gates of hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> and the great thing is, like, the cameraman just doesn't know what to do. He like pans down, then pans back up, and like they 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 keep on the shot for an awkwardly long amount of time. Oh. And she's off frame, screaming and yeah. moaning. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they clip back to the people in the studio. And they're like, "Ooh, ow! She <laughs> that's yeah, gonna she's, hurt. I think she's hurt. Yeah. Okay, okay, we're gonna. Yeah, she's hurt." <laughs> Can I tell my other favorite YouTube clip real quick? Sure, why not? Okay, there's this one. Uh, uh, yeah, everyone go watch these because they're really funny. There's this one where th- they have these two news anchors. My favorite are news clips. And they, well, now that you're in the biz doing news clips, yeah, I know, I know, I know how Special it is. Affinity. At least mine aren't live. You know, well, I can I can do another take if I need to. But uh, they have a guest who climbed Mount Everest and who is who's blind. And so she's going, she's she's going to the next segment, and she goes. And coming up next, we have a very special guest who climbed Mount Everest. But wait, he's gay. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's not gay. He's blind. I'm just saying he's blind. Like how, how do you how do you mix those up? Like her face. Like the guy next to her, his eyes get wide. Like what? But wait, he's gay. I'm, so, I'm sorry. He's blind. He's not gay. He's blind. The great thing about, about both those videos, you can watch them 30 times in a row, and they're just as funny. Yeah, I laugh every time. Like, if I'm having a bad day, it's like, man, I'd really like to see that lady eat it stomping grapes. <laughs> At least I'm not her. <laughs> Could be worse. <laughs> Next slice. Oh, this is certainly a change of pace here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could hijack this one too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Barack Obama is the Democratic senator. But wait, he's gay. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's not gay. He's, he's black Christian. And he's he's very popular in the Senate. He's the uh, kind of a uh, poster boy for. Progressive, Democrats. I guess, yeah, progressive Democrats. And progressive politics. politics. That's good. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
And he's young. So he, he recently told a group of, of Democrats that not every mention of God in public is a breach of the wall of separation. Basically, Democrats have failed to acknowledge the power of the faith in the lives of the American people. He went on that he said that uh, he was talking about an experience he recently had in Chicago. He said, kneeling beneath a cross on the south side of Chicago, I felt and heard God's spirit beckoning me. I submit myself to do his will and dedicate myself to discovering his truth. And so, I mean, for, uh, you know, a Democratic senator. Do we have a new poster boy? He, he also, he, this is, he gave a warning to other Democrats. He said, nothing is more transparent than inauthentic expressions of faith. Wow. The politician who shows up at a black church around election time and claps off rhythm to the gospel choir. Uh-huh. <sighs> Ouch. He's got another zinger. Secularists are wrong when they ask believers to leave their religion at the door before entering the public square. Wow. Snap. I think that un- unless conservatives think he's too liberal and liberals think he's too, too conservative, I feel, or I feel like he could be the next president, or not the next president, but I feel like he um, could be president. I feel like he's he's the only young politician like around his age that, re- that people are really getting excited about. Yeah. He's kind of across party lines, mm-hmm. even, you know. Yeah. Well, he's still, I mean, he hasn't really won over Republicans because of his stance on abortion and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's not in line, but but, but the but, fact that he's trying now to yeah. get progressive Christians. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I think I think the fact that he he isn't the, the mold of the mm-hmm. thing, of the stereotypical Democrat. Sounds like know? we should do a story on him. Let's do that. I have a package to his publicist on my desk to be over two dayed to him. Wow. But the cover letter. You guys are wonderful. I put in a call to him today. Now that is some behind the scenes action that our listeners are getting right now. It's almost like they're in on our editorial meetings. Yeah. Um, I, I just want, I'm not trying to correct you, Jesse, and you may be absolutely correct, but just a couple of things you said, he was speaking at a conference called call to renewal, a faith-based movement to overcome poverty. I'm not so sure that it was like just Democrats there, Okay. but his comments were definitely directed to Democrats and that his experience of kneeling at the cross or whatever in the Trinity United Church of Christ. I don't know that that was recent. Like I, I mean, it It doesn't say here when that was, but. Um, he uh, he's he has talked about religion before, but not really this openly or whatever. But it was a forum, a faith-based movement conference, so I think he felt more comfortable doing that. But he's definitely come out and been more vocal about it than he has in the past. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully they'll want to talk to us. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. And even though he hasn't really won over um, Republicans yet, I feel like he's won over more Republicans than most Democratic uh Oh, politicians yeah. have so like, politics have just been so polarized and i th- think people are getting tired of it i think that um y- i think we're going to see a lot more candidates uh a lot more a lot more politicians like him who are somewhere i wouldn't say in the middle but manage to uh to be less less polarized well, I mean, yeah I mean, even, cross party lines even yeah. uh recently bill clinton who is obviously a polarizing figure yeah. in his prime you know he's been working with the former president bush on a um I think it's a world, um, it's some sort of relief organization, but he, he said something along the lines that a bipartisan politics are like poison to our country. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's... Wait, um, bipartisan? <clears throat> you mean partisan? Yeah, partisan. Poison. Yeah. Yeah. Bipartisan's good. Yeah, he was like, build walls. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, even for two figures that and are... And he's gay. <laughs> but Wait. He's gay. <laughs> no, but even for two... No, I mean, he's bipartisan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> oh, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. <laughs> but even for a figure like, uh, you know, a Bush and a Clinton to be able to work together mm-hmm. on something is which, encouraging. Which I believe they started doing that after uh, the tsunami. Mm-hmm. Correct. They, they, and they then Katrina. For, yeah. Clinton's just doing it so because he looks better than the elder Bush. Yeah. So it's like if you're a little good. bit overweight, you <laughs> hang out with people who are really fat, and then you look thin. <laughs> That's there it. There you go. So uh, there's a new book out. It's the uh, the Twinkies Cookbook. Mm. Yeah, um, it has 50 recipes of different things you can do with Twinkies. Tyler, you're really going out on high note here. I know. Well, I saw this. <laughs> I was like, I know this is getting a little more lowbrow, but I don't care. Um, they include uh, Twinkie sushi, for not caring. Twinkie burritos, pigs in a Twinkie, pumpkin Twinkie bread pudding. Wow. Peanut butter and tw- and jelly Twinkie cake. Did these people not watch Click? 
Okay, have y'all not seen? No. It? no. Okay. Oh, there's a tw- there's a subplot with Twinkies. They're, they're, Very they bad. Twinkie lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> Twinkie lasagna. Um, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Twinkie burrito. Mm, a sweet burrito. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Picante and Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like the people that fry Snickers bars, you know? Mm. Like, it's a big thing now. Hey, listen, anything fried is okay with me. Deep fried Oreos. That's that's pretty popular, too. Oh, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. That sounds good. You're changing my life. <laughs> <laughs> For the worst. So you'll try that, but not cheesecake. Yeah. If it was deep fried eat, cheesecake. You'll eat a deep fried Oreo, but not a piece of New York cheesecake. Yes. It doesn't have the word cheese and cake in it, because <laughs> those two just don't go together. <laughs> But yeah. cheese, yeah. cheese is not something you associate with. When I'm like, mm, I really want some sweet, delicious cake. Let me have a cheese flavored cake. <laughs> yeah, mm. that's true. They have curdled milk cake. What? Do they really? Cheesecake. Cheese is like curdled milk. Oh, pork cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't like, really exist. For some reason, I don't actually. I made it up. I don't actually mind eating meatloaf, but I hate the name. Like, I think they pickle <laughs> meat. <laughs> Like one, just plain like, oh, you're gonna have some meat. How about a whole loaf of it? <laughs> <laughs> like meat, yeah, so loaf. Like a tin loaf meat is not buffet. a really appetizing yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get boycotted by the meatloaf industry of America. <laughs> and, I, like and, and I said, I like singer. I like meatloaf. I, I enjoy eating it. I just wish it had a different name. Isn't it unfortunate that Taylor Hicks is doing Ford commercials oh. now? Yeah. <laughs> Where does that come from? Yeah. I mean, well, I think Meatloaf. I think Taylor Hicks. Uh, didn't we just have a conversation? It's like yeah. homespun Americana. That's what okay. I was thinking of. Meatloaf. Well, uh, Catherine McPhee did a song with Meatloaf on the season finale. So. <laughs> Two degrees of separation. Serious? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, both are Wait, were we sad. talking about the food or the man? He's... <laughs> <laughs> Because they're both disgusting. Right. Yeah. I was going to say it, but I'm trying to be nice now on the podcast. Oh, that's right. They're both. I've gotten a lot of so, emails. Somebody yeah, wrote in and, and literally just listed all the scriptures about lifting up your brother and being edifying and telling us that we were leading people to hell and we need to use our platform for good and not evil. So like if that's Spider-Man. we're trying to do that this week. It's wow. all in good fun. I don't think we say anything truly mean spirited, other than except that meatloaf is disgusting, and gross. the guy. I wonder if you could make Twinkie meatloaf. It's <laughs> <laughs> a recipe. You wouldn't 46. even know it was in there I with think all meatloaf the other has stuff. Had a lot of Twinkies. I think that's why he's in the <laughs> oh, state he's in. True. <laughs> he is Twinkie meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> what if Twinkie Clark did a duet with meatloaf? <laughs> Wait, what? Twinkie Clark is from the Clark Sisters. It's a go- black oh. gospel group that's uh-huh. been around for like 30 His years. His name is Twinkie. Like, did I, did I just Her name's Twinkie. Name? No, no lie. Twinkie I, Clark. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'm like that's that kind of is like a Twinkie. Are you making fun of me? When I went, um, I'm not making fun. This actually happened when when I was little. Um, my mom kind of raised me on black gospel. We went to all the concerts and stuff. And so the Clark Sisters were coming through, and the Clark Sisters were going, and Twinkie Clark was on the organ, mm-hmm. and she was on the right side of the stage, and they're all rather rotund women. I mean, they just are. So she's sitting there and she's just really going to town late in the concert, just going, going, going. Boom! The the, the organ bench collapses and she's on the ground. She's on the ground. And they kept oh, going. They no. never missed a beat. They never missed a beat. <laughs> like they, it's happened before. She kinda, yeah. They stood up, brought out a spare bench. Oh, my God. Yeah. She never missed a beat. It was the most impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. Like That's the James awesome. Brown of Black Gospel. It was like part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the grand finale. <laughs> Pyrotechnics shoot up from the stage at the same time. <laughs> Splinters of wood shoot everywhere. It's Jim and Twinkie Clark. <laughs> oh. I was going to tell a story about meatloaf, but it's not nearly as good, so I'm just going to not tell it. I'm crying. Okay, is, is that it for Slice? That is so funny. Is that true? Absolutely true. I was there. I was, I was like seven and made a complete impression on me. My parents will tell you the exact same go, story. Oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. <laughs> stop, stop, stop. <laughs> it's part of the song. After the break, Sarah Groves. I see her 
You're listening to Athlete. The song is Wires. If you don't know Athlete and their music, they are Christians. Are they athletes? <laughs> I don't know if they're athletic. They just do rowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Athlete, the song is Wires. It's an oldie but a goodie. That's what we're all about at Relevant TV, finding good music and playing it for you. Speaking of good music, this week Sarah Groves uh, visited the offices and was kind enough to uh, do a song for us. Sarah is actually writing a column for our sister magazine's website, Radiant, uh, radiantmag.com. And she has an album that came out last fall called Add to the Beauty, and that's the name of her column. Uh, She's all about, you know, we see so many injustices in the world, and the way to fight back against that sometimes is just to add to the beauty, do positive things that will enact change. We saw a documentary film that her husband uh, produced about a trip she took in January to Rwanda mm-hmm. and also some things that she or they uh, did after Katrina where they took a busload of supplies down uh, to to the stricken areas just a few days after the hurricane down in Louisiana. And uh, it was a great, very eye-opening documentary. It's very cool. I it's it's part of a new series that he's producing called the Nomad series. It's about kind of people who are out there doing things for their faith. It's really really a cool idea and very well done. The DVD is called um, Sarah Groves. I just showed up for my own life, and it comes out August the eighth, I think. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we aren't we aren't for hire or for sale. So I mean, the fact that we're enthusiastically endorsing it, it really was very quality. It was very cool. So, right. We. I cried. <laughs> it's very touching. Anyway, so while she was here, she performed uh, the song called <laughs> Loving a Person. And I have to say that it's probably my favorite performance that we've done yet here on the podcast. It's an incredibly uh, moving song. And here it is. And just the way they are It's no small thing It takes some time to see things through Sometimes things change Sometimes you're waiting We need grace either way Hold on to me out and trying It's a vulnerable place to be Love and pride can occupy the same spaces, baby and Only one makes you free oh, Hold on to me And I'll hold on to you We're gonna find it If we go looking for real love We're gonna find And just the way they are, it's no small thing. 
That's the whole thing Loving me just the way I am It's no small thing It takes some time It takes some time It takes some time It takes some time You're listening to Anthony Hamilton. The song is Can't Let Go. It's um, playing right now on Relevant TV. Uh, Anthony Hamilton, if you haven't discovered him yet, uh, he does, well, like you heard, R&B, kind of progressive soul type stuff, neo-soul. And his album is phenomenal. It's um, between his first album and his second album, I think something happened to him. Um, number one, I think he got married. And number two, I really think he found God. Um, there are spiritual themes. Uh, he talks about faith. He talks about, um, I mean, just, it's amazing. This new album is just absolutely amazing. And um, he was just recently here in concert, and uh, and I wasn't able to go, but some friends who went told me that it was like a church service. I mean, he was just basically preaching and uh, just telling people that they need Jesus in their life and stuff. Wow. I was like, well, wow. there you go. Okay. So anyway, that's Anthony Hamilton. Because they do. Uh, because they, they do. Right now, we want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at the new issue of Relevant Magazine, which hits newsstands on the 1st, which is Saturday. You get get to sit back and, and look through the issue with the editors, the people responsible for it. So, if it sucks, it's our fault. Yeah. Anyway, so, Thrice is the cover story, as we told you a few weeks ago. Uh, Thrice, if you don't know who they are, is a kind of a, a rock group. Uh, a ton of buzz about them. They sell a lot of albums. And it just so happens that the lead singer is a Christian. And we did a sit-down Q&A with him, talked about his faith, talked about his music. And uh, it was a very interesting, very, very interesting interview. I mean, it's rare when you get kind of a mainstream rock star um, to open up about their faith the way that he did. Yeah, it's not one of those ones where he's kind of you know dodging questions or being really vague about you know trying to find a... You know, believing in a higher calling or something like it's i mean he's very very clear that, that the god he's talking about is 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 the god of, of, of christianity and he talks a lot about jesus and well and his he church talks about and, yeah his church yeah my favorite part of the interview is probably not the most profound part but uh he's sitting in his church service and they had a speaker talking about the evils of secular music and he was giving christian alternatives to secular music so parents could know to like buy these albums for their kids and he gave a christian alternative to thrice and the lead singer of thrice is sitting in no the service way. yeah what do you mean, yeah. anyway? It's in the article. He, uh, he gives some... <laughs> you didn't read this? I'm so. having podcast reactions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I knew that. What? So you're speaking up for the listener. Like, yeah. Cameron, we know. We've all read it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you... This sw- is boring. Fast forward. Let's just do more slices. <laughs> the issue starts on page 16 with a wonderful column. <laughs> Cameron's preaching. <laughs> our lead slice this issue is probably my favorite one that we've done Stephen Colbert the new American hero <laughs> he is great with a question mark you American, new hero? American hero, hero? <laughs> <laughs> can I say that I love the rapport not yeah. this rapport but the Colbert I love the rapport, rapport that we too. have <laughs> yeah. this rapport just kind of annoys me but <laughs> Colbert rapport that's where yeah. it's at we have updates on uh, the Smashing Pumpkins, we spotlight several bands like The Stills. Uh, you podcast listeners will be happy to know that the Pat Robertson uh, leg press made it into the issue. And I've been told by more than one person that the photo of Pat Robertson is worth the price of admission all um, by itself. Yes. And then we do a, a, a chart telling you um, things that Pat Robertson could lift with his legs, all equaling more than 2,000 pounds. Um, we do a Where Are They Now with Plank Eye. We give you a first look at Joan Zetta, the big new buzz band on Tooth and Nail. You know, we got an we got an email about the relevant guru column on page thirty four that the person was really upset by the advice that was given. I I don't know. Do we need to explain to people this is completely tongue in cheek and false and opposite? I mean, you, you'd think you wouldn't need to. I mean, and, and like I wrote the person back and I was like, by the way, 
do the opposite of what the column says. It was extreme to show the fallacy of the cool Christianity, you know, it's mindset satire. thing. Yeah, it's yeah. completely it, satirical. It's satire. She went back and she goes, okay, good. I was hoping so. But literally wrote <laughs> like eight paragraphs about how horrible it was to be telling people this stuff and that it wasn't funny. And that's the point that you're supposed to read mm. that and be like, oh, that's horrible. Good thing. Yeah. They're making fun of that. Good you know thing. That's mean? completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I didn't think we needed to explain it. But apparently maybe we, do. we could maybe no we could have a humor. little satire logo on things that aren't for real. <laughs> like, like we can go to Applebee's and Don't they have worry. like healthy, you know, yeah. like a healthy Atkins. selection. It's Atkins. Yeah. It's satire. <laughs> things were meant to not be taken seriously. We'll have a little emblem from now on. So we have a spotlight on Need to Breathe, who was one of our first podcast live in studio guests. That's right. Yeah, yeah. they're they're getting pretty big time too. Yeah, yeah well, lot. they're on Atlantic. Figure they would. They're the next Switchfoot. You I'm think? Saying it. Oh yeah. I feel like they have... Uh, I thought that was supposed to be the afters. It's like them and... Uh, see, I was gonna, w- before you said the next Switchfoot, I was going to say the next Frey. Um, and just in that, like, they write big hits. They write big, you know, you can listen songs to that the everybody album. likes. You can listen to the album and uh, you can tell that they have radio potential. Yep. They now put on a really good show, too. Yeah. There you go. Maybe they can all be the next Switchfoot. We should, we should spotlight them. Wait a minute. I think we did. Oh, hey, wait. Look at that. Right there on page 34. <laughs> Man. Okay. Uh, the scene this month is Portland. Um, Casey Hill, a writer uh, from Portland, who I actually went to college with, gave us the lowdown on where to hang out, where to worship, uh, the, the local coffee shop, Stumptown. I've been there. It's fantastic. Uh, Portland's got some good coffee. Um, the Revolution is talking about sex trafficking and kind of gives you statistics and information about what's going on there and resources, how you can kind of get involved to help make a difference. So you flip the page, page 48. Uh, it's a, a feature on actually doing something, getting a little ambition. It seems like a... Written by Mark Steele, yeah, who wrote Flashbang. He is one of my favorite writers. He's he is. so good. So freaking and funny. I particularly like this story just because I feel like it's very... It, it, a lot of 20-somethings will be able to relate. Yeah. As far as... Do you relate? Do you need a haircut <laughs> and a real job? <laughs> <laughs> Not so much the headline, but just, just the whole theme of, you know, ambition. All right, page 56. Jason Boyette wrote a piece um, about a trip he took to the Dominican Republic. And if you, I don't, if, if you read relevantmagazine.com, he actually did a one-week series that chronicled it in journal form along with pictures. It's archived, so you can go check it out. Yeah, if you go to the website, the art, we have a new really razzle-dazzle search function. It's really cool. If you just search for Jason Boyette, um, yeah. the series will pop up. And also, I'll put this in the online bonus. I'll link it. So Sweet. when you go to the magazine, you can read the series. But basically, just a cool program um, about providing not only um, clean water, but also sources of income for people in the Dominican Republic. But we'll let you read the whole story. And you know something that I like details. about this story is that um, we've covered a variety of social justice issues in the past, um, you know, fair trade and, and a lot of poverty issues. Um, and this is, I love this story because it, it takes a look at one community and it shows what's happening in one community. Yeah. And just how the change is happening through a church, you mm-hmm. know, the effect that one church is having through this organization that provides water. That's actually something you're going to start seeing a lot more in the magazine. Instead of talking about large overarching topics, we're going to be telling a lot more stories. Like this is a great example. We could be talking about, you know, water in the third world or whatever. We didn't. We told the story of this one community and what's happening there. And that raises the larger um, awareness and whatnot. But I, you know, I'm really falling in love with stories. And um, I think you'll really start to see a lot more of those in the upcoming issues. We have some really cool stuff in motion right now. And I think it's empowering. I think Kara was kind of getting on that because it shows that that single people can make can make a difference married people can make a difference too <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're quick but i like i set myself up and i knocked it down <laughs> that's amazing you're multitasking we also have an interview with india re in this issue and can i just say that our story looks so much cooler than her album artwork 
Yes, her uh, the cover of her album is disappointing. I mean, it's just strange. Like it, it looks kind of bad. Like it's just not designed well. And yeah. even like there's an amazing photo of her on the back of the of the album that and, looks great. And the video, I am not my hair, is mm-hmm. is really cool. We played on Relevant TV, and and that we got the album yesterday, and it was just like what. Yeah. And the album is great, but just the artwork on the front. It's That's like, what sad. happened? I, I see a lot of album artwork that is just... Mm. It's like, did they have their friend do it? Or <laughs> how did the label let that go through? I feel like the... I don't really know how record labels work, so maybe we shouldn't comment. But I feel like so much of it is marketing. You know what I mean? Like, there's not... It's not really artwork as much as it is, like... Yeah, but this was just bad. This album. No, seriously. Maybe they're going after the indie... Self-published crowd or something. <laughs> hey, you can make an album that looks like this too. <laughs> yeah. With MS know. Paint. <laughs> yeah. More on that later. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have your tips later. Remember the seagulls? <laughs> They're M's. Uh, next, next page, Every Man for Himself, Deconstructing a Me First Faith. Uh, Craig Borlase wrote it. it. He's got some amazing, amazing insight, and it's a real challenge. Um, and you heard him talk about it on the podcast last week, actually. Um, one of my favorite uh, story designs is uh, page 66, uh, the Bound by Debt article. It's written by Carmen Wong Ulrich, who's a former editor at, over at Money Magazine. And she's our age and has some amazing insight about our generation and kind of how we spend and how we've kind of found ourselves in the situation that a lot of us have really bound by debt. And there's really... Uh, good tips on how to get out of debt and master it and move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. And Carmen has a new book out uh, called Generation Debt, Take Control of Your Money. Um, that's kind of about the same thing. Cool. Uh, page 70, Missing the Point, the Absolute Truth Behind Postmodernism, Emergent, and the Emerging Church. It's a um, it's one of the most visually jarring um, articles we've done. And it is an article written by Peter J. Walker and Tyler Clark. Can I say not to... Not because Tyler's just sitting here, but this is one of my favorite. Tyler, can you leave the room? Yeah. Okay. This, <laughs> this is one of my favorite features, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's very you investigative. Know, one of the things that we've been wanting to do a lot more of and will continue to do more of, aside from telling better stories and more stories, is, is get in depth with some issues that aren't easy. And I mean, though this one is very, very church centric and very, you know, Christian. Um, there are other issues like this that we are we are working on rolling up our sleeves and really getting in and kind of in the middle of the mess and having people on both sides talk about it. That's what this issue does. So, or this article does so brilliantly. It talks about people who are involved in emergent and in, in, in this emerging church movement and are proponents of it, and then people who have been involved in it and are maybe stepping back and saying, whoo, where's this going? And there's some questions being raised and we give six pages to talk about it. And you know what I loved about this story was that, um, that you wrote it. Yeah. (laughs) No, um, it was, was, for me, it was one of the, uh, um, uh, it was a story that really affected me more than, than most other things that I write. Cause I started off just, um, like Peter was the expert on it and I was just kind of came in as a writer and I didn't really know a lot about emergent. Um, and I feel like that, like I kind of started in the same place that a lot of our, uh, th- that a lot of our readers are where like I'd, I'd heard of it and I kind of knew a little bit about, about a lot of the people in it. And by getting a chance to really get into this, um, I was so informed on it and I, and, and I hope that, that when people read it, they're able to kind of go on the same journey that I, that I got to go on. Um, and it, at the end, though, like I still have a lot of questions, and I'm still not totally sure how I feel about everything. But the big point of it is that these are huge questions, and there's a lot, um, there's a lot more to say about this than can be uh, dwindled down into a little slogan or so. And and that was kind of one of the one of the big themes that came out through this was just like you know you gotta dive in and, and, and do your own do your own research. And I'm excited about the story. I hope people like it. Yeah, I, and I want you know the listeners to know there's listeners out there that wish we did more church stuff, and listeners out there that wish we did less. And you know this doesn't denote a change of focus of the magazine that we're going to be devoting large chunks of the magazine to church issues. Um, you know our our goal is to impact culture. Our goal is to challenge Christians and non Christians alike in their spiritual journey. And we want to talk about what God's doing in our generation and in our lives. And a lot of those are personal issues, but sometimes there are larger trends that are happening in spirituality, and the emerging church is one of them, and emergent is part of that. And so we felt it very applicable to talk about that um, in, in kind of in that perspective, um, that this is something that, whether you've really heard of it or not, 
it is something that's happening in our generation in in a spiritual sense, and it's worth uh, looking at from mm-hmm. a you know kind yeah. of a journalistic eye. So. Well, like Time and Newsweek cover church issues yeah. too. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're yeah. becoming church magazines, right? Exactly, and so that's kind of why we're doing it too. So. On the next page, to kind of go the other end of the spectrum, we have Block Party, <laughs> which has absolutely no spiritual kind of uh, leaning at all. It's just uh, a good music that we like the band, and we wanted to cover them for you. Mm. Well, it was interesting, too, though, because even though they're just kind of a rock band and don't have much to say about faith, like um, there's a real kind of uh, moral pull yeah. on, on them. Yeah. And they do have things to say, even if they're not about necessarily spirituality. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, the the moral conversation that happened with them. Mm. It was really cool. And on the next page, a uh, feature on Matt Kearney. Uh, I've been corrected on the pronunciation. Carney. It's Carney. Carney. Yeah. Yep. I always like, said Carney. Like Carney. Like he works yeah. at the yeah. Like you try to give him bucks. a $20 bill. Like, like try to give him a Carney buck. Yeah. <laughs> it's Matt Mark, Carney. Matt, take my Carney buck. Give <laughs> <laughs> um, me a funnel cake. You know, every, I think everybody in the office likes Matt, Matt Carney, and so we wanted to feature him. He is The ladies, especially. He is oh. the quintessential relevant artist. I mean, he's out there in the mainstream doing it. He's strong about his faith. He's making great music. What more can you say? You know, I was at the mall at uh, in the food court. I went to a, a little stand called Witch Witch. It's, oh, yeah. it's a sandwich store. Is it like a promoting like a cult? Satanism? Great. No, like which sandwich do you want? But it's cleverly cut down to Witch Witch. But they were giving away copies of a Matt Kearney. That's weird. Carney. Carney. They're giving away copies of a Matt Carney EP. The which, Chicago EP, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, Interesting. Uh, Their I mean, sandwiches I, are overpriced. They are. I love them, though. They're good. But they, it's kind of cool. They come in a little paper bag, you know, brown mm-hmm. bag in it. Right I do in the like mall. it. <laughs> Listen um, to Matt Carney. The, uh, the next section, we brought a special section to you. It's Kara's Baby. This is the relevant summer reading guide. We kind of took a look at a bunch of books coming out and kind of made some recommendations. We also have some Q&As with some authors. Um, some like, like David, how do you say it, Getz? He wrote Death by Suburb, which is a fascinating book that I'm actually reading right now. Right. You can be a Christian and live in the suburbs. I like the Rodney Rothman. Yeah, that book, I, I read three-fourths of it when it first came out, and then I finished reading it this last weekend. And... It's excellent. I mean, it's really a good... I mean, well, the story is, it's called Early Bird. It's a memoir of premature retirement. Rodney Rothman was the head writer for Letterman, uh, left Letterman to go uh, write for a new TV show. But he was 24 years old yeah. when he was head writer. Yeah. And, Genius. And, the, uh, and then the show got canceled. And so he decided, ah, I think I'll retire. So he moves down to a retirement community in, in Boca Raton, Florida. Was he at Del Boca Vista? <laughs> Phase three. <laughs> um, anyway, and all of the Boca Vista. <laughs> yeah, it's just fascinating. Um, he lived the life of a eighty per- eighty year old retired person, and uh, and then he after said the- it, he said it was like high school all over again. Yeah, like he talks about the old men telling like just stupid, immature, you know, bathroom humor. Did jokes, he try so. to run to be the president of the Gondo Association? <laughs> no. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting read. He's um, he's Jewish, and so that's woven all throughout because he's a really bad Jew, and all the old men are really good Jews, and so they, you know, he explores that. And that's an issue that he has to talk about. It's his faith, and it's just really interesting. It's a good book. Niles Barkley is the lead review because we felt like it. That's why. And uh, Snow Patrol, Jason Morant, Under Oath, The Raconteurs, Angels and Airways, Regina Spector, Red Umbrella, Riley Armstrong, The Streets. Um, Shapes and Sizes, House of Heroes. House of Heroes is actually an album that came out a year ago. They're reissuing it. Mm-hmm. Fair, which is uh, an excellent album um, from Tooth and Nail, from Aaron Sprinkle. Marzil, Granddaddy, uh, Black Angels. This is a really good mix. Um, well, thank of, you. Of Christian, mainstream, cool, not cool. There you go. <laughs> we try to throw some really crabby ones in there. <laughs> well, you got to keep the, the perspective, the balance. We were going to put some Mariah Carey in, but... Uh, and we ended it with probably the best uh, best last word that we that I think I've ever seen us do. So that was your look at the July issue of Relevant Magazine. Um, now you don't need to go buy a copy. I'm joking. You do need to buy a copy. <laughs> it would help us out a lot if you did. You can either pick it up at newsstands nationwide, or you can go to relevantmagazine.com, get a free trial issue, or just go ahead and give us 10 bucks and subscribe and put food on Jesse's table. You know, you don't even have to subscribe. You can just send us the 10 bucks. you know? It's true. It's not Personal tax deductible, way. but go ahead. Up next, feedback.
You're listening to Flyleaf. The song is I'm So Sick. Uh, we were getting some emails from people going, you need to cover Flyleaf. I talked to them and they're all Christians and they know about Relevant and blah, blah, blah. So uh, we hunted down the video and put it up this week. It's hard rock led by a girl. She can wail. She can wail. And she's little. Yeah. Uh, feedback. I, before we get into the letters, I have a couple things I have to address. First of all, last week we were bothered by the Yak email. I was bothered by it, the one that called me out by name. And I swear we got 10, 15 emails uh, that came in like, you guys are so dumb. That's a Tenacious D song. You're so dumb. And I like, I wrote every one of them back. And I was like, did you not listen to the end of the podcast where we played that very Tenacious D song? We, f- we, knew, we figured it out and, and we played the song. Every one of them wrote back. Oh, yeah. Um, I was writing you before I got to the end of the podcast. Sorry. And I'm like, why? Why would you? Why would you bother writing in before you got to the end of the podcast? I even got a call from our festival guys, Jared, Dave, and Dave, who were listening while they're driving. They're like, "Dude, <laughs> that's a tenacious D song. I, you might want to do something about that." Even our own. Gosh, yeah. guys, come on. New rule. How about the, yeah? New rule, guys. All right. No more writing. Uh, emails about the podcast so you listen to the whole thing because we if you have a question comment or concern we might have addressed it later in the show mm-hmm. so wonder if it's too long and people aren't making it to the no, end they make it to the end the guys are all like yeah i heard it later but i'd already mm-hmm. sent the email sorry yeah last week's was a marathon it was too long it was an hour and 11 minutes long it was ridiculous but what you guys don't know um <laughs> that it was an hour and 11 minutes long but we recorded like two hours there's a lot of stuff that didn't make the podcast last week. You'll see some of it in Tyler's montage. <laughs> and he had a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so so that's that. Um, Jesse talked about making a picture in MS Paint about the mind bullets. Uh, mm-hmm. Me shooting a yak with and mind bullets. And I'm still working on it. My but, projects but you don't take need to. weeks. But you don't need to. An astute reader named Adam Schaefer wrote in and um, did did the drawing for you, Jesse. He uh, he in MS Paint he drew Holmes shooting a yak with mine bullets, and it was so good. Two hundred yards. Two hundred yards. It's it was, to scale. It, it is to scale, and the yak has a little thought bubble that says, "I thought I was far enough away." <laughs> and so I I posted it over at duellikeroman.com. Go there and enjoy it. So thanks, Adam Schaefer, and you've got way too much time on your hands. <laughs> Also, last week, the musical guest was um, a Discovery Indie Block Depella, and uh, we played some of their hits, and um, apparently Indie Block Depella heard it, and Nathan Smart, Indie Block Depella, wrote in, just to clarify a few things, apparently there is no quote-unquote group, it's him doing everything, because Jesse was very concerned about who determines who gets to sing lead and whatnot. Nathan clarified he sings all of it. He has one other guy in the group with him, but the guy is mainly for the performances and stuff. Uh, apparently, they do a big video background thing when they when they go live, and um, it's quite quite the uh, experience, according to Nathan. So I'm glad I'm glad he. Uh, I hope their site crashed this week from all the uh, exposure <laughs> we gave him from yeah. all from all the traffic. He owes us big time. I'll have to ask him. His career is going to take off now, and uh, it's all it's all due to us. So, but it did kind of scare me that I, I had no, no conscious thought that Indie Black Tapella would actually hear our podcast. So it kind of makes you remember that there's people out there listening that maybe we don't intend on. So we got to be careful, which goes back to the being nice to everybody. <laughs> okay. So that was last week's, um, the question that we asked you at the end of the podcast was, what was your most humiliating experience as an intern? That's right. And apparently we have a lot of people who are humiliated as interns. <laughs> Sadly, one of our interns emailed us back. Oh. One of our former interns. That's true. What'd she say? Or he? Or it, it, Kate. Kate Bowman. Now Kate Bowman Johnston. She was actually my first intern before I had any employees. It was in summer of 2000 when we didn't know what the heck we were doing. I had an office and me. And I got two interns to come down <laughs> on. I don't know why. But she was one of them. She wrote in and said uh, the most humiliating thing that she had to do as an intern was um, summer of 2000, Relevant Magazine, makes regular 7-Eleven runs to get 64-ounce Big Gulp sodas and Twizzlers from Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kate. Glad you're going to move on with your life. Anna Pizzo, P-I-Z-Z-O. Pizzo! 
Hey. She Sorry, says, I was an yeah. intern at a nonprofit helping to plan medical projects around the world. Oh, that's nice. We received several huge boxes of Dulcolax, a laxative. But since they were that's in, nice. Yeah. But since they were in glass bottles, we couldn't use them. I'm guessing they had to ship things overseas or something. I, the lucky intern, was tasked with finding someone who could use them. So I had to phone literally hundreds of nursing homes, hospitals, and ask, Hi, I was wondering if you could use a large quantity of laxatives. I'm pretty sure half of them thought I was a prank caller. (laughs) But after days of this agony, I finally found a home for the Dulcolax. Hallelujah. I sure felt a lot lighter. (laughs) I don't really know what that means. Here's one from... um Courtney Warren. Um, to sum it up, basically, she was a counselor for junior high church camp, and they have a, a pretty big youth group, and they were chartering a couple vans to um, to go on a big trip. So she brought it to a new car wash that nude just, uh, car wash. <laughs> new car wash. You said nude. <laughs> he did. I'm sticking with that, nude. That would be a more humiliating story, though. <laughs> so we had a nude car wash fundraiser. Um, I'm gonna. But you'd raise gotta those funds. Th- <laughs> gotta, gotta reel this one in here. Uh, she she got her van stuck in the car wash. What? Yeah, it wasn't. She was very concerned about the van being too tall, but it had a lot of clearance. But while she was looking up to see if it was gonna hit the roof, her tire got stuck between the coin machine and the the side rail, and so they got stuck in there. So, because oh, when you first said she that, was, I was like, I thought that like it wasn't her fault, whatever. No, the fact that it was her fault, yeah, yeah, it, is she better. was totally at fault. Awesome. Here's one from uh, here's one from John Book, who was the person that Cameron ruthlessly, without any Ruth, <laughs> cut me out of the podcast last week instead of giving me five minutes of airtime with the guy who was just quoting Tenacious D lyric, as if he <laughs> if he was the editor of this thing or something. But then Jesse mispronounced my name. It's not John Brooks, it's John Book. That's his intro. So, John Books. I think that's all he gets. Okay. Next. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. And, uh, some a little more serious. Uh, last week, we talked about the Presbyterian Church USA and some of the controversial things that um, they did last week. And um, we asked anybody who is part of that denomination to write in and kind of give us their point of view or clarification if we got anything wrong. And we got a lot of emails about it, um, but one in particular I wanted to read. It's from Lauren Henderson, and she wrote in, she says, um, As an evangelical member of the PCUSA, I was shocked and disappointed at the movement to allow individual churches freedom to ordain homosexual pastors. Though the standard in our Constitution still says candidates for ordination must live in fidelity in the marriage of one man and one woman, or in chaste, or chaste in singleness, the way this is interpreted is now open. Personally, I don't see any other interpretation other than what it blatantly states, but unfortunately, local churches are given freedom to determine themselves what they want this to mean. It's amazing. This rebelliousness is clearly against biblical standards for leadership, but God is faithful and sovereign. The gospel will judge our confused and broken church just as it will judge the world's sinfulness, but thankfully, we are redeemed by our faith and His love, not by our own stabs at getting it right. I thought that was an incredible mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. She says, I think it's important for others to know the vote was close to 50-50, which means roughly half our denomination is confused and angry right now. Hmm. For this, please hold off on the Presbyterian jokes. Mm-hmm. We're not carnies. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can pray for yeah. us in our crisis. Sorry. Many of us... <laughs> we call everybody carnies. Yeah. She says many of us... Except are- for Matt Carney. We call him Matt Carney. <laughs> She says, many of us are embarrassed enough as it is. As for the uh, mother-child womb crap, the (laughs) the General Assembly received a report that encouraged churches to experiment with names for God and liturgy, but they didn't actually adopt it. Yes, by receiving the report, we certainly opened ourselves up to ridicule, just like we do every other General Assembly, but at least don't pick on us for the policies we haven't even adopted yet. (laughs) Anyways, the Father was good enough for Jesus, so I think we need to just suck it up with our politically correct gender discomfort and realize it should be good enough for us too. Wow. Thankfully, Jesus is Lord, even within the ridiculously imperfect body of the church. Relevantly, Lauren Henderson. Seriously, folks, I think that is probably the best email we've ever gotten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, I want to thank you for your viewpoint. I apologize for making generalities and, and kind of losing perspective that there are apparently, like you say, a lot of people in the denomination who are hurt and confused and angry right now. And 
we empathize with you. I can't imagine, um, you know, kind of going through what you guys are going through. And I just want to publicly apologize for making light of the situation and there's nothing light about it. So in relevant world updates, um, I, I'm putting something up on duellikeroman.com that I need to raise your awareness to. A few weeks ago, a bunch of us uh, went to Gatorland, which is a wonderful place here in Florida. We went on this trail hike and uh, we came across these um, crocodiles. Uh, they were in a big cage, you know, whatever. And apparently they were pretty aggressive. Well, Jesse, on the course of going on the trail hike had found a tree that fell down and he, he acquired a large seven foot long walking, walking stick, stick. Yeah. <laughs> and was very, you know, very proud of his stick. And we were walking around and, um, came upon the, 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 uh, crocodiles and there weren't any workers back there. There was no families or anything like there that. There was probably only, only two workers at the actual park, which, <laughs> which the gators outnumber the workers by about, a thousand to one. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna they say. have eaten them all. Yeah, yeah. So Jesse decides to go up to the cage where the crocodiles were floating in the water, and start banging on the fence with his big stick. <laughs> it only seemed. To was like it a crocodile or alligator? Too. No, it was a crocodile in the back. This was like the crocodile oh, area. They're mean. It was a big one. It was very mean. Yeah, it was like about seven feet tall. Anyway. Um, to our surprise, the crocodile lunges out of the water and jumps about four feet in the air up know, against I the fence. I didn't know a gator could jump like this. Or a crocodile. crocodile. Jumps That's out. amazing. Like, is, is two to, you know, two feet uh, higher than our own heads, uh, slammed up against the fence that Massive. we are against. And, and we all start screaming. I'm scrambling for my phone so I can video it. It was awesome. Our theory is that they're fed by large sticks that they put the meat in. Oh. So he saw the stick, thought he was being fed. And so, yeah, he jumped he up to the top to of the stick. Jesse. Yeah, or I was wearing a pretty awful orange tank top that day <laughs> for the occasion of going to Gatorland. So he could have been responding to that as well. Anyway, so we captured it on film. Uh, we got a photo of the crocodile trying to eat Jesse through the fence. It looks fake. It doesn't even look real. It's I, so that's why crazy. I told the story. It's real, folks. Yeah. It's real. And uh, a few minutes later, slithered back into the water when he was mad that he didn't get any food from Jesse. I'm just, I was mad because I missed it because I was off getting an ice cream hot dog. <laughs> yeah. Ice got, cream hot Tyler dog. Got the yeah. grossest snack ever. <laughs> Sounds like a Twinkie meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> it, was ba- it was basically um, Twinkie meatloaf. It was it was ice cream in pretty much a Twinkie, um, like if if the Twinkie but it was, it was cut, like a hot dog. Yeah, it looked like a hot dog. That's so the weird. Twinkie was the bun. The Twinkie yeah. was the bun, and the ice cream was the hot dog. It had a small uh, sausage link in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh. disgusting. Frozen sausage. I guess the sun really got to me that day. <laughs> so yeah, so we have pictures. I'm putting them up on on duellikeroman.com. Of a uh, gator, of uh, a crocodile trying to attack Jesse. So impressive. All right, now we're at the very end. Um, cue the sad music. This is Tyler's last podcast with us. Yes, it is. But can I? Sh- should we talk about about who's coming in? Uh, Adam Smith will be taking my place, and he is a good friend of mine. And um, I'm very excited for him to be here. I, I know you guys are too. And he's a, he's funnier than me. He's smarter than me. You guys are gonna forget about all about me. Um, That's true. Yeah, yeah. But no, for real, I've uh, I've loved being here. I've loved uh, being a part of the part of the podcast. Thank you guys here in the room, and thank you all the listeners for for everything. So, thank you, Tyler, for your hard work and for putting up with me. Oh, it's been it's been an honor. Tyler is not only uh, a coworker, but one of my good friends, and we've been buddies for a long time. So, tough seeing him go, but. And you both, you guys both started as interns, right? We, we did both yeah. start as interns. Separate semesters, though, right? Yeah, but we actually lived, we, we were roommates on two occasions in mm-hmm. two different apartments. We've had, some, we've had some fun times. We have. We have. Uh, um, not only are we friends on the podcast, we're friends in real life. Yeah. So. Uh. <laughs> uh, next week, Adam Smith will be joining us in his, uh, uh, in his debut. So be nice to him, everybody. He came in for some training the other day. I told him he's not allowed to look me in the eyes. <laughs> so he, he's you older than you, me, Froshy? Any older than you? He's older than me and twice my size. <laughs> and now with uh, last but not least, or last and least, um, this week's editorial question of the week. Here's Kara Davis. Editorial question of the week. Hey. We want to know 
what questions you have for Adam, our new managing editor. Send in your questions. What do you want to know about him? And we'll have him answer them, truth or dare style, in the next podcast. There won't be any dares. I mean, right. Don't we, dare him to do stuff. We, that we, would be <laughs> weird. We want a variety. We want some hot button zingers. We want some fun ones. Some some you know. some deep theological ones. He can yeah. roll like that. He's he's got some yeah. divinity stuff in his background. I've got my own questions for him. Let's put him on the spot. <laughs> see what he's made of. Yeah. So don't hold back. Ask us any question, and uh, we will pose it to him next week. So send your questions to editorial at relevantmagazine dot com. For Adam Smith, that's his name. It's an all-American name. He's like apple pie. Send him some apple pie. <laughs> find, find out if he likes apple pie. You can ask him that. I love apple pie. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Relevant Podcast. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Kara Davis. I'm Jesse Carey. And for the last time, I'm Tyler Clark. We will see you next week, but not Tyler. Relevant Podcast. Anytime, anywhere. Stop, stop, stop.